Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. just want to say a huge welcome to all of you guys, and um, thanks so much for coming and being part of our church family here. And for anyone who's new or a visitor, you are our guest this morning. You're a very important person. I know there's a, a few of you here. And, I uh, just want to welcome you if you haven't already had a free coffee and been showered by friendly people saying, hey, you're awesome. Do you want to be my best friend? Um, just hang out after the service and that's going to happen. Uh, we, we enjoy making people feel very, very welcome. Everyone on the live stream, you just got to turn up at church in person sometime. But, so that's a good first step uh, that you're watching this. Just find a church somewhere, a good Bible-believing church and get along because uh, it's sort of like, you know, like Skype and Zoom's okay, but it's never like being like in person, eh? So it's cool. Church is awesome. And uh, it's no surprise that I'm talking about church again this morning. We've got, we're doing a series about heart for the house, um, just having a real heart for not really the house of God, which is sort of like a building, although we learned a couple of weeks ago it's so much more than that. It's the household of God. Um, and that's, that's a, a phrase that's in the Bible a lot, especially in the New Testament. Um, those that are of the household of faith. It really is a, a, a relational term. It simply means family, like a blood family. So this morning I'm going to be talking about the heart for the house, specifically as it um, relates to church as a family. So let's just jump into um, Psalm 68, verse 1 to 6, a psalm of David. I love this psalm. It's not very PC, but that's probably why I love it. Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in a fire. Ever seen the Dirty Harry movies? That's like his massive magnum. That's sort of what I imagine there. Anyway, blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in the fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. Loud praises. It's another thing I love right there. <laughs> Are you guys awake? That's good. I'm pretty sure my, my, my jokes aren't that bad. It's like, oh. unless you've heard them a hundred times, then they're probably going to be a bit bad. His name is the Lord, rejoice in his presence, father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. Don't you love that? Father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. And verse 6, which is our main verse for this morning. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. So three truths uh, and sort of like promises out of that verse today, principles that we're going to be looking at. Firstly, God places lonely into families. Secondly, being in God's family brings freedom and joy. The Bible does not lie. It's very clear. And thirdly, and something that we don't think about much, but it's worth thinking about, it is a harsh environment being a child of God, but being outside of God's family. So those three things we're going to be looking at. Uh, church is a family. It's, it's amazing how this 
what we're doing this morning, we're gathering together as a community of believers, followers of Jesus. Um, that concept, it's, it's described as a few things in the Bible, um, and, and the characteristics of each are, are very relevant for us. Um, the, the Bible describes church as being a living temple, that we are all part, we're, we are living stones. We make up this incredible living organism called the church. It's not an organization, first and foremost. It's a living organism made up of people that is Organized. The Bible talks about a church being an army. Uh, in, in Timothy, is it Second Timothy? Somewhere there. Anyway, Paul's talking to um, spiritual son Timothy and say, "Live life and fight like a good soldier. Like a good soldier is always a part of an army. You can't be a soldier and not be a part of an army." So we understand that what we're doing this morning. There's a, a concept about being an army, um, a body. Well, we are the body of Christ. It's very clear in the Bible, and also we are a family. Uh, and the Bible is very clear that what we're doing this morning and the characteristics of a healthy, like a normal family, an earthly family, we should be adopting and we should have exactly the same characteristics as a family of believers. And the church uh, is a global family. It's worldwide. It's all over the world. Even in Whanganei today, there's lots of smaller gatherings of believers. We're gathering together because we've been called to a local community of believers. We are the family of God. So it's, it's, it's large, it's global, but it's also um, on a regional scale. And what we're doing this morning as Renewed Church, we're all part of the family of God, a family community of believers. And I love that concept of family. And I'm going to be talking about um, the characteristics of a, of a healthy family this morning. Do we actually have those same characteristics as a community of believers that, that follow Jesus? Because we really should have. And something's not quite right um, if we are called on paper in the Bible a family of believers, but we actually aren't acting like a family. So Matthew 12, verse 46 to 50, um, in the New Living Translation, the, the title above this for the paragraph is The True Family of Jesus. So as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. So obviously Mary had more kids and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples, those that are, that are following him, those that are giving their lives up to Jesus and says, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus wasn't sort of belittling his, his own true family, but he's just saying the concept and, and his relationship with those that follow him are as close as, as important and as valuable as a true family. Like, have you ever thought as a guy that you're like a brother of Jesus? Or if you're a girl, you're a sister of Jesus. If you're an older uh, person, you can be considered a mother of Jesus. Just imagine rocking up to a Catholic chick and saying, hey, I'm the mother of Jesus. <laughs> Probably just offended a whole lot of people right there um, that may be listening to this. Um, that's all right. You've got to forgive me. But, but that whole concept of being a family, that's, that's what Jesus was saying, that the, uh, the the description and, and, and everything that the blessing of a true family, this is what we've become now because we're disciples of Jesus. So in the Old Testament, the, the theme that, that God was Father, that was there, but it wasn't a huge theme. But right from the ministry, the beginning of um, Jesus' ministry, he was very, very clear that we have a heavenly Father. 
uh, all of us, which means we become part of a family. And then we see here he was um, amplifying this whole theme. And then the early church grabbed a hold of that and they started calling each other brothers or, or brethren. And that word brother, it's Adelphi, I think, or Adelphos, um, plural. That word is specifically, that's what they use for a blood brother. Like, you're my, you're my blood brother. We've got the same parents or the same mum or dad. Like, you're, like we're, we're blood brothers. That word is the word that the early church used and adopted to, to mean the body of Christ. It's the very same word. We are truly a family. And the, the characteristics and the blessings and the responsibilities of a family, it should be so evident in what we're doing here. Anyone seen the Fast and Furious movies, all 57 of them? Like, they're terrible movies. I don't really recommend them. Um, but there is a theme, and it's become a theme, um, and Vin Diesel's been very big with it. His, his, um, his character is Dominic Toretto. Um, and, and so the whole theme is like family. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, family sticks together, and um, he says, you're not my friends, you're my family. And... Uh, that's the quote um, that I was just about to read out. I, I know it by heart, which is a little bit um, concerning. Uh, but yeah, it's like that whole idea that they're a part of a family and that they'll give everything for each other. Do we actually have that in a church? Or does a Hollywood movie that's really ridiculous and bad actually have a more of a realistic grasp on what family has than we have as a church? You know, I remember once being asked by a pastor, like, Simon, what type of church do you have? It's like, what sort, what sort of church should I have? Like a cool church? Like, what does that sort of mean? He goes, well, you know, like some, some ones are very business-oriented, and some are like a worship, and some are presence ones. And, 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 and what, I, what I thought at the time was like, well, I love being a part of something bigger than me, and it's like truly a family. So I, I want to say, well, I think my church is like a family church. And, but, like, are, are we, like, and that's a part of our like we're a family of believers. I say that a lot, but are we a family just because of that's something that I, I, we want to be like or that it's on paper? Is it by definition or description? Or are we truly a family by definition uh, and by demonstration and the true sense of it? Um, now, that is a huge challenge because families, man, they go through good times and they go through bad times and if your, if your kids are anything like mine, they like yell at each other, but they love each other again real quick, and like they're all different. There's like noise and there's mess, and um, but it's family, and like it's such a blessing. The concept is incredibly challenging because it demands a sacrifice of our preference of style and a personal commitment to experience the joys and sorrows of closer relationships with each other for the sake of the gospel. It's for the sake of the gospel to be a part of a family and to understand that and, and for it to, to grow naturally and, and healthily as a community of believers. That, that really does demand a sacrifice of preference, most of all, from all of us for the sake of, of what God is doing here. So um, let's have a look at some characteristics of what a healthy family, well, there's a lot of unhealthy families, but like a healthy family, what are some characteristics, and, and do we actually exhibit those as a community of believers? Healthy families are full of fun and laughter. Like they, they have said that one of the, the most accurate 
um, tests or indications of if a church community is actually really healthy is if they laugh a lot. So if we're not laughing a lot, well, people say, well, you know, you're supposed to be all, all anointed and, and like serious and sober. Like it says in Psalm 1 that God laughs at the plans of his enemies. Like if, if, if God laughs at that, how much more does he laugh with his friends and family? Like I'm, I'm saying like you can be funny and have a lot of humor, like healthy humor, and that doesn't mean you have to be crass or irreverent at all. Like that's a whole complete different thing. But to learn to laugh at each other uh, and, well, sorry, with each other. Um, <laughs> that's something that we need to cherish. It really, truly is a part of a healthy family. Any healthy family, man, they're just always laughing all the time. Healthy families celebrate big and small wins together. They're all about celebrating. Healthy families experience conflict. The closer you are to someone, man, you're going to experience conflict sooner or later. Uh, a healthy family will always experience conflict, but they resolve that conflict pretty quickly. Healthy family members help around the house. <laughs> Healthy families grow. Healthy families are generational. It's not just one age. Like if you've got a family of 90-year-olds and that's all you have, that's like, it's not quite right. But if you've got a family, if you've got a family of teenagers, that's not really normal either. But it's a, a, a healthy family has all the generations. Do we see that here? The closer the family, the greater the joys and greater the sorrows because you start to walk and journey with each other. So that, that, that demands an emotional commitment that's sometimes not that much fun, but the, the, you know, we, we carry each other's burdens. Healthy families are loud. Man, the amount of times I'm telling my family, like, guys, like, we've got thin windows. Um, especially Christy and Monique. It's like, you guys are so loud. Can we just like... Like they can hear you from Tui Crescent Dairy. Like, <laughs> healthy families are messy. Like me and Kiala, man, we're messy. I'm just roasting everyone today, aren't I? <laughs> healthy families honor the old and they celebrate the new. Healthy families are defined by the people, not the place. Healthy families do not keep to themselves. Help, healthy families protect their family culture. That's important. Healthy family members think communally, not individually. It's something I think we, we aren't good at in the West or with Western thinkers. We think very individually and very rebelliously, and like we isolate ourselves, and it's, it's my thing, and I'm doing it the way I want. And so many other cultures in the world, like they do it so well. They don't think as individuals. They think as a family. They think communally. Everything's about for the greater good of the community, and if that means that someone like, has to sacrifice something for the greater good, then they do that, and they do that with joy because it's a communal thing. And the Bible was written in a communally thinking culture. And we've got to understand that. It's part of what we should be um, living like here. Um, healthy family members spend time together. Like something is a little bit off. If you've got a family member and whenever there's like a family birthday or when there's like, you know, you just hang out, then they never, ever hang out. Like, something's a little bit not healthy there. So healthy family members, they, when they, there's something on, like, as much as you can, you want to you hang out as a family. So I say this again. If Renew Church is a family, not just by definition, but also by demonstration, are we seeing that here? Um, because it involves a commitment from every one of us in this room. 
Um, so that's a challenge. I think we are, we're really healthy in so many ways, and I think over the years we've become a lot more family-orientated, but I think we have some work to do. Uh, but God is into this, and this is what, he's, what he loves. He places the lonely into families. He wants us to be a part of a family of believers, um, and he will bless us. Um, we will have breakthrough in our lives, and there will be joy um, if, if we do that. But if we refuse to connect into a group of believers, then it's going to be a dry place for us. It's going to be a harsh environment for us. So church is a family. Second point, each sibling is unique but carries the family culture. Like, man, all of our, all of our kids, like different kids, same, exact same environment, exact same parenting skill, but they're so different. But they're a, very, like, they're a lot similar as well, but they are so different. And although we don't talk about our family culture, they sort of know what, what we love to do and how we celebrate it, and they know what things we, we don't like in their house. So although culture is not talked about, necessarily the values that we have, like everyone in our family knows that, and, and hopefully they protect that. It's our family culture. So there is so much difference in, in individually in our family, in our household, but we, we are all connected. We're, we're, we're blood relatives, and, and we love the culture, hopefully, of our family, and we continue to carry that culture. It's the same with the church. Right? We're so different. Um, every one of us has a different shape, and that's just an anagram? Is that the word? Um, maybe not, but you know what I mean. S-H-A-P-E, for spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, personality, and experiences, we're all so different. And that's a good thing. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if, he had, if it had only one part. Just imagine if like you, it was just like one kneecap was a body. <laughs> Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can, can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We are all different. We are all parts of this incredible body called the body of Christ. Um, and we need each other. We need each other. Just imagine it, how to walk without a kneecap. Like, you couldn't do it. Uh, so, but how, when was the last time we thanked God for our knees? Yeah, like we're so different with our emotions, our intellects. Like so, people people are so practical. Some are more like they, they just love thinking more. There are introverts and extroverts. Um, again, we need each other. Genesis twenty five twenty seven, which is Isaac's kids, and again shows shows you what a family can be like. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman. But Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home and knit. No, I just put that part there. Um, every time I think of, you guys know Caleb Salisbury? Like a lot of you guys. Like every time I think of Esau, I think, man, that's like Caleb Salisbury. Like I'm sure he just like daydreams, like what can I go and kill to eat today? Like that's the type of people. Like I'm not like that. Um, I remember as a, as a farm worker, I thought it'd be awesome to get my firearms license so I could go shoot stuff. So I got my firearms license, went out possum shooting like once and almost cried. Like, like someone else can shoot the possums. Like Julian, don't ever invite me possum shooting because like, it's just it's so sad. So I'm not an Esau. I'd prefer to stay at home in the tents and just like, do stuff at home um, when it's dry and warm and like nice and just so we're so different 
Like, there's no right or wrong, but it just shows you in a normal family it can happen, and in a family like a church family, um, it totally happens as well. There's our different love languages, touch, words of affirmation, time, gifts, acts of service. We're so different. There's different levels of spiritual maturity. In, in this church, there's like those that are, are, are spiritual mature. They've been walking with God closely for so many years. They're firmly grounded in God. There are those that are growing in God. There are those that are asking questions about God and, and, and perhaps struggling in some areas. That's okay. And hopefully in a healthy family, we're inviting people to hang out with our family as well. So there are people that are saved. They've given their lives to Jesus. But a healthy family also has people that are visitors and they're not quite sure about stuff, but they're searching and they're asking questions and they're invited to be a part of the family as well. That's a healthy family. Like just imagine if you invited someone to uh, your, your family and you ignored them the whole time. Uh, it's just like, who are you? Like, but so often that can happen in a church family, um, and, and we need to work on that, um, talking generally, because most of us are really awesome about that, but that's what a healthy family is. A preference of ministry gift is interesting. Ephesians 4.11 says, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So my primary gifting would be I love to teach the word of God. Like I'm not like one of those prophets, a prophetic ministry. I know my gift and I like to run in my lane. And for those of you that are there this morning, like a lot of you probably appreciate the way I preach, but there are some people that don't. And that's okay. You like the prophetic and you like the flowy and you like the, I had a dream and this is like what's happened and let me interpret this. And those ministry gifts that the more evangelistic, you love going and saving souls. So it's like, man, I love that. What are we doing in church today? We should be going out saving souls. Like, let's go. Like there are all different ministry gifts, they're all preferences of that, um, and that's why there needs to be expressions of all of those gifts in, in a healthy church family. Um, so it's like, well, that person's preaching today, like, I'm just going to stay home, because I just don't like them. Like, that's like, like, don't be like that. Like, it's a church family, we enjoy and we appreciate different types of ministry gift. Not saying that it happens here, but maybe it happens here with some of you. Socioeconomic groups, like the church is one of the, one of the really the only things on planet earth that, that people that are, are different nationalities and people from different professions and, and like that we all come together and we're the same, which is so amazing. First Corinthians 12, verse 12 and 13, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up the one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. Like that was a miracle that you could come along to a, a church in, in the early church and you could stand next to someone who was enslaved and there was someone who wasn't and they were equal and they could worship God. Isn't that incredible? Um, it never happened any other place in that culture. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. The Holy Spirit's alive in us and and we can connect and we can relate to people, even though they may be completely different to us. Different cultures or ethnicities. In Acts 13 verse 1, among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria, so this is leadership team, were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man. I don't think he was tanned. 
Lucius from Cyrene, Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, so an incredible um, upbringing he had, and Saul. So Barnabas, he was a Greek Jew. Simeon, uh, scholars presume that he'd come from Africa somewhere, so he truly was a dark-skinned man, and he'd made his way up into that region, which is incredible. Um, Paul was from modern-day Turkey, Lucius from modern-day Libya, so very much different ethnics and different cultures coming together, which is a, a great passion and a dream I have here, and, and God may it happen more so, but like we can learn like each culture has so much amazing strengths and gifts that God has placed in that culture and in that people. Um, and if we're just one, one culture or a certain type of person here, like we're not going to be blessed and we're not going to learn and we're not going to reach out and we're not going to truly be the family of God. Ages, young and old together. You know, three out of four people get saved before they are 21. Three out of four. So youth ministry is actually really, really important. Like we should be celebrating the youth, but young people really don't know what they're doing. Like they don't, they're like, why on earth? Did you, like they've got no life experience. So they need us older people to actually train them and disciple them and, and show them what to do. But it's not all about the young person. Like, I know I throw in a Lord of the Rings all the time, but like, if you watch those movies, Gandalf was about, how old was he? Okay, he was old, but man, he was still doing his share of fighting and warfare, and he was doing a lot of mentoring, but he was still stuck in the thick, thick of things. I remember when I was like way back, 2012, um, when I didn't really know what I was talking about much of the time uh, as a pastor, and I was saying, older people like you, you, you can pray. And um, one, one dear old lady came up to me and rebuked me and said, Simon, we actually do a lot more than just pray. <laughs> and it's true. So it's, it's the young and old together, and we're so valuable together. It is a family. Amen? Number three. Families are part of a bigger family. Families are part, like, obviously our families, like a mum and dad and a couple of kids or whatever, like, that's a family, but just that family by itself, like, you you get there because you're a part of a much bigger family, and you have family get-togethers, and it's the whole extended family, and you can call it your tribe, and it's just so important and so awesome when you get together and hang out with your extended family like we are called into a family as individuals like God places the lonely in families that theme of a of being involved in something that's really really important for us as individuals we need to be a part of a family and if we haven't got a real family like we've got the family of believers like you are my family so that is a huge principle and a blessing I will be blessed if I'm a part of a family of believers. So it, it absolutely like, rings true. That's, that's, that's what God wants us to be involved in, a community of believers. But I love the themes of the Bible because it's not just about me as an individual. It's, it's corporately as well. Again, it's, it's a communal theme. So if it's important for me as an individual to be part of a family here, then it's got to ring true that a church, a local church, that God wants them to be part of a wider family as well, to be part of a tribe, to be part of a group and a community that's bigger than them, that they can call it like, this is, these are my people, and they can feel the belonging and the blessing and the freedom that it comes from being a part of 
something just bigger than ourselves as a church. Like, we're a new church, and we're what's known as an independent church. Like, we haven't really got anyone or a movement or a wider family. And um, 10 years ago, we sort of were a part of a network, but we haven't been since 2012. So for 11 years, we have been truly isolated, and that hasn't been a good thing. So for quite a few years, like, we've been open, like, God, do you want us to be part of a larger family of, of, you know, what are you wanting to do? So we were very open, and, and we made some sort of initial connections with some other churches, but nothing really seemed to be, like, gelling until the last sort of couple of years where this thought and this theme was like, God, I think it's time. I just talked with the oversight team, and they all felt the same to explore this in earnest and we've been on a journey, and it's time this morning to share with you guys what that journey is. You know the secret that Mitch said last week? It's like, the secret. Come along to our leadership meeting and hear about the secret. It's like, ooh, the secret. Um, so this has been a journey that we're on, and I just want to sort of let the cat out of the bag today. Um, and this is, this is the, the secret. This is the cat. Uh, Renew Church Oversight Team. We, we've started an, an, a journey of exploration um, to be connected with a, an awesome church movement called New Life Church, or New Zealand New Life Church movement, which is an incredible church movement all over New Zealand. There's 80-something churches. Um, Mitch and Larissa, they came from Thrive Rangiora. That was a New Life Church. Um, Richard Venning, he's been involved in New Life Church since he, before he came here for, for many, many years. Chris and Ruth, they've been New Life pastors. So it just made sense that we explored what this could look like. And the cool thing about it is, is the, the culture and the ethos of, of New Life churches, they're not like this big megachurch mothership campus model. Every single church remains autonomous, which means self-governing. Like, we, we stay the same, like our culture and, and our values, but we now become part of a larger family that has our back, that we can connect with, that, that they can bless us, that we can bless them. That has got to be a healthy thing. Um, and, like, I guess, like, how, what, how does this work? It's like we, our, our, our vision and our values, our doctrinal statements are so close together. Like, there's not much of a jump. So we just feel that this is the right thing to do to explore this. Um, and we've talked it over with the leaders. This has been a journey that we've been on for some time. Um, but this morning, it's, it's good to tell you guys and provide a booklet of information. Um, that everyone can, oh, it's not like a real booklet, although you can print it out and make it a real booklet. Um, if you're part of our email um, newsletter, email thing that we, we send out every, every month or so, um, you'll receive an email the next couple of days and it'll have a whole lot of information out as to how this works, um, what it means, all the blessings, etc. a whole lot of questions and answers. After you've read that, if you have any questions or comments or you want to get together and chat, please contact us because we want to journey with you because this is our family. And again, this is just a journey we're on. There's no definite um, decisions that's been made yet, but we, we just feel it's time for us as a church to be a part of a family bigger than us. That's got to be healthier, doesn't it? You, you, you agree with that? Because um, I'll tell you what, man, it can be lonely um, being an independent church. And you know, if you're right, right, really hardcore into being an, like, oh, I'm an independent person, and therefore like, something's quite wrong if you want to be isolated. So I just think in the whole scheme of things, this is very, very healthy for us as a church. There we go. That's the secret. That's the cat of the bag. Hopefully I've shared that um, pretty good. I think I did. Um, sort of tied in well with this whole family theme, so... In conclusion, Proverbs 
Oh, sorry, Psalm 68, 6, and I'm reading it from the NIV this time. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out to the prisoners. It was God who places the lonely in families. God will draw us to a community of believers. Uh, and back in 1996, when God led us here, like God was drawing Christy and I. We, we, there's no doubt about that. Um, and it wasn't the style, really, that, that like, moved us. It was more um, that we loved the doctrine, which is really, really important. But we just, so first and foremost, belief. It's like, you actually do believe before you belong, by the way. So that's really important, um, that the Holy Spirit was moving here. But we just felt God was leading us to be a part of this church. Um, and, and I pray that God leads us, and I know that this is well. He will lead us to be involved in a community of believers. If it's not here, it's got to be somewhere else, but this is what God wants us to do. It's his will that we are in a family of believers. Secondly, it is a harsh environment being an isolated believer. Proverbs 18.1 from the English Standard Version. Like, I reckon it's really important to read a whole lot of I, I I read the same verse in a lot of different translations. It's really good. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Um, In the Holman Christian Standard Bible, one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. Brenton Sintuigant translation. A man who wishes to separate from friends seeks excuses, but at all times he will be liable to reproach. The Aramaic Bible in plain English. In his idleness, one meditates on lust and mocks at good instruction. So grabbing all of those translations together, like a person who isolates himself and for whatever reason hesitates and doesn't want to be a part of a church family and doesn't want to to, to contribute and doesn't want to help support and doesn't want to receive the blessing of encouragement from being in a church family. They, they isolate themselves from that sort of relationship. First of all, I'd ask, why are they hiding? And why are they pushing away from that sort of accountability? Shows that something's not quite right. Secondly, like it's, it's a harsh place. It's a dry place. I'm going to be doing a, a message series called The Slide in the upcoming weeks. I'm going to be talking about things like what really is deconstruction, which is a, is a popular thing among people. Like, I'm just deconstructing my faith. And first, usually it always starts with, oh, I don't like the church anymore. It's just like being a, a son or a daughter of God, but hating the rest of the family of God. That's not healthy. And, and we've got to come to terms with, God, I know that you are calling me into something bigger than myself to be a blessing so that others can bless me for your glory. Like, we've got to be careful about preference. Have I talked about preference yet? We've we got to sacrifice our preference for the greater good. And so many people, like, they become pickers and choosers of what church they want to go to based on preference. It's like, well, you know, I love this style of music, or I love you know, like the, the, this over here, and uh, I just like... Uh, but those things, like, we, we painted the, the ceiling black here um, because we want to do a lot more drama and we want to do a lot more production, and those things you can, you can sort of manipulate the, the, the lighting so much easier. But... A black wall is just a black wall. It's a color. Like, it's not good or bad. It's like a music style. Those things, like, 
I was talking to someone at the start of the service, like, just imagine what it would be like if we had like a, a heavy rock Sunday morning, like where worship could just be super loud and like distortion and it'd be like, ah, and I said, well, like five of us would enjoy it. The rest would like hate it. Uh, there has got to be a compromise of preference. Like preference is neither good or bad. It's not holy or unholy. It is just a preference. The way the chairs are, the way the, 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 like we're set up. Um, what flavor coffee? Like it's just a preference. The important things are what we actually believe in. Theology is important. That the Holy Spirit is here. That we are truly acting like a family. And those are the important things. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there was a whole lot more I could have talked about preference and like roasting people, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, just, just remember that if God's calling you to a place, you know, you, you don't need to like everything about how we do. That's just all packaging. It's 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 the it's it's the real the the the, the thing. Like God being here. That we come because we glorify God, that like, we, we love what the Bible teaches, that we hold true to what the Bible teaches, that we love the Holy Spirit, um, that God can, so those things. It is God who places the lonely into families. Number two, it is a harsh environment being an isolated believer. So um, those that are watching this from home, come along to church. And thirdly, being placed in a family brings freedom and joy. So when we are a part of something, like we belong. Like that's you know, the, the three things that mostly, and this is completely away from the Bible now, I'm almost finished, but three things that this, every human being absolutely desires and we crave for in this life. First of all is to belong. Like when you belong somewhere, you get purpose um, and, and you get acceptance. So belonging is number one. Being truly free. So, like that's one of the main things people want is, is freedom from addiction, freedom from wrong ways of thinking, freedom from sinful behavior. So it's belonging, it's freedom, and it's just a sense of joy in life. Just not being depressed, not being discouraged. Those three things. What have we been talking about today? That God wants you to belong to a family. And as you do that, and if it's a healthy environment, then you will experience freedom. Because there is freedom in the house of God and you will receive joy because in the presence of God is fullness of joy. As we gather together in God's name, he is there. God is here today where he is. There is like an eternal access of joy available for us. Three main things that every human craves is here because Jesus is here. And this is the reason why we do this. This is the reason why we're a family in the first place because Jesus said, Whoever follows me, like they're, they're my mother and they're my brothers and they're my sisters, and I want them to be a part of this incredible thing called the family of God. Let's all stand up, please. I'm going to pray and, and, and we're going to finish. But let's just close our eyes. And there's been a whole lot of things I've shared this morning. And I would love you guys to agree with me as I pray that Renewed Church would truly be a family church. Like we would be an army and that we would be like all of those things as well. That, but the characteristics of a healthy family, that we would see those um, manifest more here. Um, and I'm going to pray for those that may be struggling with some things. Like I'm not saying like be, be part of a, of a toxic family, but the, the, the places that God calls us to be a part of, 
he wants you there because you're not just going to be blessed, but you're going to be blessed, a blessing to others as well, um, which is so important. So please pray, pray with me. God, I want to thank you for this whole concept of family, that you place the lonely in families that in the New Testament, Father, like you wanted us to be a part of the family. Holy Spirit, you came and, and in the early church, the, the church was planted and we become part of something worldwide called the body of Christ, the, the army of God, but we're the family of believers, the household of God. And Lord, that's such an incredible thing that you want to place lonely people into a community where they feel that they belong, that they can experience freedom and joy. And I pray, Lord, for a new church, our little church community here, that it would be so in Jesus' name. That the, the characteristics of a healthy family, Lord, would be the characteristics of a new church in Jesus' name. Lord, if, if we have some adjusting to do, um, in our own thinking, in our own way of life, may it be so. Lord, may we start to, to believe and think communally and not individually. Lord, we don't want to isolate ourselves. Lord, it's a, it's a dry place, an environment um, out there when we, when we haven't got a church family to support us. So I just really pray for everyone, uh, maybe here or, or listening or will listen to this, that there, there are some issues why or, or there are some um, barriers to why they're not a part, of, part of a family of believers. And I pray, Lord, that you'd just do a miracle in their life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I want to thank you that your word does not lie and says that you place lonely into families to belong. Lord, to give us freedom and joy. And, and Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and, and rising again so that we truly could be free and not just free, but free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I pray for a, a fresh season of deliverance and freedom in this place. Lord, that laughter would be a big component of what we do, that you would fill us with joy. Lord, a joy is something that, that is, is, is a gift. Lord, the, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's our inheritance, and it goes beyond our ups and downs and and just having a, a happy day, Lord, the joy is something that's deep and that's lasting. Lord, I pray, Lord, baptize our church in joy afresh. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.com.